Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. It was a valiant effort. Give it up for Zach and Nikki. Give it up for Eric. Come on, I don't know about you, but that worship set was absolute fire. Amen. And I also don't know about you, but I feel like right now our God is so good. He is so worthy. He is so big. And he is so deserving of the loudest praise this place can make right now. Can we praise him like we know he saved our soul? Come on. King Jesus. Amen. King Jesus. Oh. You guys having a good time so far this morning? Yes. Fantastic. Well, this morning, yes, like like uh, our amazing, amazing core leader, Zach, said, we are kicking off a brand new series. Sound good? Yeah. Fantastic. Well, you know, we just finished up a series called Breaker, and I got to be honest. I got to be honest. It was like eight weeks, nine weeks, something like that. It was amazing, in my opinion. I feel like the God just really moved. He really broke a lot of things off us, and he really changed us. From the inside out. Amen? Yeah. And I kind of feel like ending it, like I'm sending my kid off to college or something. Like I'm not going to, you know, see him. It's just, it sucks. This is my baby. I loved it. It was such an amazing time for, for God and the season of this church. And so if you miss Breaker, if you miss any message series in it, go back. I'll sit there on YouTube and on our website and everything and on Spotify and have a listen. Sound good? Yes. But this morning, brand new series. Y'all ready for this? Yeah. Who thinks Zach was anywhere in the ballpark of how to pronounce that word? He was close-ish. No. He was close-ish. No, I don't even, I just remember you pausing long and dramatically. But we're, we're kicking off a new series called Dunamis. 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 Okay? Dunamis. Everybody say it with me. Dunamis. Dunamis. Dunamis is a Greek word. Dynamis is a Greek word, and it's a word that's incredible. It's actually, when it was translated to Latin, it came out to dynamo, which, you know, what's that mean? What? Come on, dynamo. How's it Anyways, what's that? What'd you say? Close. Close. You look like you know. <laughs> close, close. She said bomb. You're not supposed to say that in church, but it's okay, Nikki. It's okay. But no, it comes from the word dynamo, which we also get our English word dynamite from. Can somebody say dynamite? Dynamite. Dynamite. Okay, we get the word dynamite from. But in the Greek, dynamis is an amazing word, and it's actually more than meets the eye. You see this word every time in scripture that you read about God's power. It's a Greek word, dunamis. But the thing is about dunamis, it doesn't just mean power alone. When you read that, yes, it's saying God's power, but what it actually is saying, its most literal definition, is God's ability. Or the ability of God. So suddenly I was overcome by power from, so dunamis, on high, God's ability, God's power, the ability of God overcame Paul. All these times we see in Scripture where it's talking about God's power, it's God's dynamis, and it's God's ability. Does that sound good? Yeah. And I, we're coming out of Breaker and, and just obviously the state of the freaking world that we're in right now, okay? Coming out of Breaker and going into the world and everything we're at right now, 
man, I just woke up with a quench that I cannot thirst, a thirst that I cannot quench. Reverse, okay? Reverse, reverse. I just woke up so brokenhearted, so distraught, that if there are two things in this life that Matt McClure is passionate about, outside of, obviously, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, okay? Outside of those three, if there are two things that I am passionate about, it's that freedom. It's seeing people free. But I am equally, if not more, passionate about about this word that I think gets tossed around. I think it's a word that we try to get to. I think it's a word that we as church have tried to abuse and enact. And we've shot for it, all these things. But we have shot for it. But we have laid a foundation for it. And it is this word called revival. So it's my hope and my prayer that over this, however long this series goes, as long as the Holy Spirit is throwing it in, I'm going to be taking it. We are going to go there. I am believing. I am believing that we will begin to lay the foundations for an actual, factual, undeniable, completely attainable, God-sent, God-given, God-powered, God-ability revival. I'm believing to see marriages revived. Amen? I'm believing to see sexuality revived. Amen? I'm believing to see relationships revived. I'm believing to see souls revived. I'm believing to see our city revived, our state revived, and our nation revived. Amen. Don't tell me what I can't do for a room full of people in this place. Yeah. I'm Madison and Oakdale. Yeah. I'm sorry, I believe we serve the God of 300 men against 10,000. Amen? We are who he says we are, and I'm believing for a God-sized revival. I think it's ripe, I think it's time, and I think the Lord is ready to move, but I think he is looking for some people who aren't just interested in playing church, but are interested in dynamics, who aren't just interested in talking about power, but actually possessing power. Not just talking and theorizing about what God may or may not have made available to us on the cross, but those of us who are bold enough, willing enough to put our life, lives, and reputations online to actually pick up the mantle and host revival. It's possible, amen? Yes. Revival starts with you and me. But how many of you know, revival first has to spark in the heart before it can light up a city. So if you're taking notes this morning, as we kick off week one of Dynamics, I'm probably going to pronounce this like three different ways throughout service. I just get really excited. And I found myself calling it Dunamas. And I was like, Stefan, not Dunamas. Uh, but the first week of Dynamics, so you're taking notes this morning. Yes. Come on. The title of my message is Clothed in Dynamics. Clothed in Dynamics. Would you just turn and tell your neighbor, hey, I love your outfit today? Would you ask your second choice neighbor, your third string neighbor, would you ask your other neighbor, hey, is that Dynamics you're rocking? Is that Dynamics you're rocking? Oh, man. You got a boob thing in the place? Can you be like, girl, look good to Dynamics? Anyways, all right. Bring it back to you. Y'all ready for the Bible? Yes. Come on, somebody. We are coming out of Luke 24, 44 through 52. It'll be up on the Sky Bible, but we're going to get after it. Sound good? Yes, sir. I just got a yes, sir. That was so nice. Ah, Luke 24, 44 through 52. Here we go. And then he said to them, 
These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. That everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Verse 45. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for and the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high, dunamis from on high, ability from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into the heavens. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. We're going to pray, and then we're going to get to it. Sound good? Father God, right now, right now, we're asking for something new. We're asking for something new. We're asking for something new. Father God, I'm not interested in what is being said is unattainable. I'm not interested in the days of old. What I'm interested in, Father God, today is that you would spark something in this house, in this church, God, through your Holy Spirit, where we would truly begin to see lives lit on fire for the cause and mission of Christ in the earth that is reconciling all people back on you, Father God. Right now, Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Begin, begin to percolate, begin to bubble up, begin to overflow on the inside of us, God. We're looking for something that we can't deny and we can't control. We want more of you, Father God. Do I got a faith-filled church today that we're we willing to shout as loud as you can? In dynamics, before we get into this portion of scripture, man, I mm, okay, that's how I feel. I got a week off from preaching, and I come in and I'm lit up, but I am mad. Okay, I am mad. Somebody said mad. I'm gonna get mad. I'm gonna be mad. I'm gonna stay mad. Okay, because that is what 2021 has been preaching to everybody. Here's the deal. I am not looking for the revival of man that we are seeing sweep our nation and our world right now. It is a revival of man. It's my truth. It's your truth. I'm just living my truth. I'm just speaking your truth. And my truth is different from your truth. So how can truth be truth if it's different from your truth? Truth is truth whether we say whichever way you split. Amen. Okay? Your truth is not truth. It's how you feel. My truth is not truth. It's my desires. Okay? I'm not interested in this man-made revival of self-awareness. Okay? I am interested in a living, breathing, dying to myself, living sacrifice kind of Amen. I'm not interested. Okay, revival means to be brought back from dead into life. Is anybody grateful that God brought you back from the dead into life? I am. Do you know what never brought anybody who's dead back to life? Legislature, government, all these other things that are being preached right now. I'm sorry, legislature and government has killed more people than it has brought them back from the dead. Amen. Amen. So I'm not interested. I'm not interested. We are a people of a kingdom that is not of this world. Yeah, yeah. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. And we cannot stand by, though, and watch you go to hell in a handbasket. We're here for a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, y'all ready to go? Oh, yeah. You want to go there? Yeah. Anybody trying to put out some 
Dunamis today? Dunamis. Dunamis. Oh, yeah. Come on. Come on, Dunamis. I love this. I love this portion of Scripture. If you don't know much about me, one thing you will find out if you spend any length of time here in church is that Matt really loves the obscure parts of Scripture. I love all of Scripture, obviously, but I have a lot of fun playing in these areas and sandbox that not a lot of people touch or they read over because maybe we don't recognize the significance. But I love rando pieces of scripture that seem like just fly-by phrases and fly-by things, okay? So we're going to dig into that today because what Jesus does here is mind-blowing. But I feel like we all miss it. I miss it. I miss it for 15 years of life, okay, now that I've been walking with Jesus. No, I'm not 15. Okay? <laughs> 30. Thank you. But here it is, clothed into So here's Jesus, and this is absolutely incredible. Jesus, he proclaims here in Scripture, he goes, it was said, it has been written, it had to be done, that the Son of Man, I had to come, I had to die, I had to rise again, I had to do these things, this all had to happen, and now there is a need for repentance, and now there is a need for forgiveness to be proclaimed, we must go into all the world and do this, you are my witnesses to this, this is Jesus giving the mission of the church. Well, Matt, why do you think that's, you know, why do, why do you think that's obscure? Why do you think that's random? Because this is a moment that I think so many of us pass by because we miss the significance of it. This is the moment of the changing of the guard. This is the moment of Christianity. This is the moment where Jesus lays out the mission for not just the church, but the greatest revival that history has ever seen. And his name and its name is the Bride of Christ, okay? The church is the greatest revival that has ever struck this earth, okay? We are undefeated. We cannot shrink back. We have to press forward. We have a mission still, amen? amen. I don't care who's in office. I don't care what culture says. I don't care how we were raised. We submit to the Bible. We submit to the Holy Spirit. We submit to one another. And we run after God with everything we have. Yeah. Yes. So in this moment, in this moment, something wild happens. There's a changing of the guard where Jesus, he has already been crucified. Jesus has already died. Jesus has already descended into hell. Jesus has already struck Satan in the face. Yes, that's in scripture. Full on, Jesus squared up with the devil, punched him in the face. Happened, okay? Read some Corinthians, okay? It's awesome. Full on, squared up, in hell, with the enemy. That's our God. Come on, somebody. We're all so face, come back with a tattoo on his side. It says, Lord, Lord, kings of kings. He got that after he beat down the devil, okay? So he gets the keys. He comes back. And this is the moment where he comes back before the Holy Spirit comes. This is the moment, the changing of the guard, where Jesus lays down. He's about to descend into heaven. The church is now initiated. This is the first church meeting, okay? No matter what has happened in the rest of the scriptures, this is the first moment. This is the first sermon they heard. This is the for real, for real moment where the church, you and me, what we are connected to, this is where church history begins. This is where revival history and this is also where we see Jesus' last words. Face to face, his last words. Could you imagine? Could you imagine being there with Jesus? Fully knowing what he said. He said, I gotta die, I gotta rise, I gotta go. The Holy Spirit's gonna come. Things are actually gonna be better. But this is the moment you are hanging on. Every word, every syllable, every space in between his words, every punctuation mark, you are hanging on the words because you know, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is Jesus. Even before this moment, he shows them the 
holds in his hands to prove it. And here are Jesus' last words. And what struck me, what struck me about this moment with Jesus is the fact that his last words, his last words were not, Go! Go now! The world is going to hell in a handbasket and it needs you. Go! That's actually not Jesus' last words. not his last words at all. Jesus, in this moment, after three years, can you imagine? Three years of ministry, 33 years of life, where the whole entire time he's going, go, 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 go into all the world preaching the gospels. Go and, and proclaim, repent for the kingdom of God is ahead. Go, heal the lepers, heal the blind, heal the broken. Go, cast out demons. Go, bring deliverance. Go, 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 go. Jesus, for three years with these boys, has been proclaiming, go. And his last 14 words that he has spoken face to face with humankind was actually not a go. It was stay. What? What? It wasn't go. It was stay. Matt, we want what did scripture say? He said, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until dunamis is clothed upon you. Stay in the city until power becomes upon you. Stay in the city until God's ability descends upon you and you are clothed in God's power. You are clothed in God's ability and you are clothed in dunamis. Jesus, what are you talking about? He's been saying stay. You've been saying, you've been saying go. Everything up until this moment was go. What do you mean stay? What do you mean stay? I feel like the disciples would be incredibly confused in this moment. Don't you reckon? Yeah. Rarely has Jesus ever trained them up to, you know, stop. <laughs> go out in twos. Go out in fours. Come back. Go out in sevens. Go and split the bread. Go and do this miracle. Go and deliver these people. Go, 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 go. And suddenly, Jesus flips the script. His last significant words and message, his last 14 words to his disciples, his church, you and me, were stay until you were clothed with dynamis. You see, his disciples... They're just like you and me. They may not have had iPhones, but they're just like you and me. They're not like you if you have an Android. Okay, they're not. You're a different three. But, just kidding. But here's the deal. They're just like you and me. They wanted the Bible. They wanted Jesus' message to sweep across the land. They wanted the Holy Spirit. They wanted power from on high. They wanted to see tongues of fire set ablaze. They wanted to see healings come to every city's uh, tongue and nation and tribe and creed. You want, they wanted everything that you and I want to see. They wanted to see heaven invade this earth. They wanted it. So why did, he, why did Jesus say to stay? What is it about staying with Jesus that is different than going for Jesus? 
you see Peter. Peter probably would have been really excited about Jesus going back to heaven. He was probably like, yeah! Go, Jesus, because we got to go! world was going to hell. Let's get out there. Let's get after it. Let's go get it. Come on, son. That was Peter, right? He's the kind of guy that would walk on water when Jesus said to him. He's the kind of guy that would chop off somebody else's ear. Like, Peter's buck wild. Peter's so crazy that he was told by Jesus ahead of time that he would deny Jesus three times, and he did. But he's insane. I'm often Peter. That's <laughs> fine. But it's in this moment where you know Peter would have been like, yo, let's go. Holy Spirit, come. Acts 2, we're coming for you. Upper room, we're coming for you. Right now, Holy Spirit, fall on us, tongues of fire, fall on us. Come on, Acts 2, here we come. What did Jesus know? Often, you and I are playing catch-up to what Jesus knows, aren't we? Yeah. Because here's the deal. We're Peter, and we're looking for Acts 2. But Jesus, he's situated on Luke 39. In order for Acts 2 to be released, Luke 39 had to be submitted to right. In order for Acts 2 to be released, Luke 39 had to be submitted to. What's Luke 39? Stay. Friends, can I be so bold to declare to you today that Dunamis revival can only come on the backside of radical obedience? Dunamis revival. Dunamis revival, I said it. Dunamis revival can only come on the backside of radical obedience. Radical obedience is the only way for revival to flow. Radical obedience is the only way for healing to come. Radical obedience is the only way for people to get set from sexual morality. Radical obedience is the only thing that can heal marriage after adultery. Radical obedience to Christ. Is the only thing that can heal this land. Yes. If we want a revival that is laced, that is traced, that is displayed fully to Namath, God, power, and ability, it will only come on the other side of radical obedience. Yes. Friends, can I be so bold to declare to you today? Can I submit to you today that when Jesus says stay, it's better than when Jesus says go? Yes. Can, can I... Can I just submit that to you today? Can I, can I slide that across your desk as a little tip for you? Can I tell you today that when Jesus says stay, it's always better when, G, than when Jesus says go? That Jesus' stay is actually more powerful than Jesus' go? You and I, we are creatures who miss this. We have a pension for what? Not taking God at his word. Yeah. It's true. I think we can be honest. Man, we want God's revival, we want God's healing, we want God's timing, we want God's power, we want God's wealth, we want God's everything, we want the kingdom of heaven to open for us, but what we don't want is to submit to God when he tells us to submit to God. Because yeah. at this moment, the boys are probably going, Hey, believe Jesus? Yo, see, Satan was a hit of back. The whole world's going to hell. Don't you know? We gotta go. We gotta go. We ain't got time. We don't have time to waste. We gotta go. If you are more concerned with going than you are, let me put it this way. If you're more concerned with being used than you are concerned with being effective, you probably read that the very same way Peter did. Jesus must be out of his mind. Who <laughs> made a day in hell? Must have got to him. 
Jesus doesn't know what he's talking about. Where's Jesus flipping tables and stuff and going and getting it and correcting things? Where's that Jesus? What happens? Hell make him talk? If you are more concerned being used than you are being affected, this is probably how you read that verse. Because I know when I was more concerned with being used and being affected, that's how I read that verse. Jesus, you're crazy. We got to go. But friends, can I ask you, what's more effective for revival? What's more effective for revival? Is it going? Or is it power? Is it going? Or is it power? Because if you were somebody who understood what Jesus was saying in this moment, then you would get, then you would ascertain, then you would pick up what he's trying to lay out for us very clear. And in English, he is saying to you and to me, he is saying, stay. You have a guy that just want to run out and just go, test him, stay. Yeah, yeah, but God, I want to, I want to, I want to start a ministry now. Like, I'm not young anymore. I got to go stay. 23 and everybody else in my church is getting married. I got to get on my call. Stay. I feel like I should have some sort of promotion. I feel like I should be running my workplace. God put this on my heart. I'm the rightful heir to this place. Stay. Yeah. Because revival will pour when you recognize that power is more effective for revival than going. See, friends, the reason staying with Jesus is more powerful than going for Jesus is that Jesus, he understood something that you and I don't quite comprehend at the time. Friends, it's the need for dwelling. It's the need for dwelling. You see, dwelling, if you dwell and then you go, miracles will certainly flow. If you dwell and then you go, miracles will certainly flow, okay? But if you go and you don't dwell, well then have no expectations for miracles at all. Now, why is that? Because friends... Going implies giving, giving redemption, giving healing, giving words of knowledge, giving prophecy, giving whatever it is that God has put on the inside of you, whatever deposit he has given you, giving with Jesus, going with Jesus, always implies giving from Jesus. But the friends, we have to understand this. You cannot give what you do not have. You cannot give what you do not have. And how do you have? You have to receive. And where do you receive? By dwelling. Jesus says stay. He says dwell. He says wait. He says purposely dwell. Purposely stay. Until what? Until you come back, Jesus? No. Until the government is, has all of my legislature passed that I've been praying for? No. Until my spouse starts acting correctly? No. Until I finally have that conversation with my boss where he recognizes I'm the best thing in the world? No. You stay where God tells you to stay until dynamis clothes you. Yeah. You see, 
We all want Dunamis power, but we don't want Dunamis dwelling. You see, friends? So often, so often in our walks, in our calls, in our lives with Jesus, we will make the fatal error. Hear me. This is a fatal error that you and I are all guilty of making. It's that we mistake dwelling for waiting. We mistake dwelling for waiting. Now believe me, there's time to wait. But there's a massive difference. There's a breakdown in communication between dwelling and waiting. Can I tell you what that is? One is active and the other is inactive. One is an action, the other one is an inaction. One is possessive while the other one is passive. Dwelling means I am going to stay. I am going to seek. I am going to knock. I am going to ask. I am going to pray. I am going to praise. I'm going to worship. I'm going to read. And I'm going to lean in. And I am going to occupy my space at the well where I'm called to dwell until I am clothed by dynamics. But waiting, waiting, we, we suck at waiting, let alone dwelling. Because so many of us, when we want all the things that God has made available to us, we want to do it in our way and our time. And so what ends up happening is this. We get a word from God, and we decide, now's the time. God's going to stay until dynamis comes upon you, but because we just got a fresh word, we feel like we got to eat it while it's fresh, while it's warm, but God's saying it ain't actually cooked yet. You got to stay, and you got to dwell, and you got to wait for dynamis to be clothed upon you, but we can't even dwell because we can't even wait. You see, here's the difference between dwelling and waiting. Are you ready for this? Dwelling is possessive, while waiting it's passive. What do you mean? You ever been to a doc's office? What are you doing in a doc's office? You wait. You ain't possessing nothing at the doctor's office. What you're doing is flipping through a magazine, trying not to fall asleep because of the terrible music that it's playing, and you are flipping through Instagram friends. That's passive. And that's waiting. We can't even wait well. Friends, you cannot flip through Instagram your way through revival. You cannot flip through Instagram your way to healing. You cannot flip through Instagram and you cannot just sit and be passive and waiting for God to move. Dwelling is possessive. Are you going to be passive when it comes to power or are you going to be possessive when it comes to power? Are you going to be passive when it comes to ability or are you going to be possessive when it comes to ability. Because how you spend that in-between season will determine the type of revival that you and I experience. This whole thing, we are laying foundation for expectation. We are laying foundation for revival. There is more than what we have been tasting at the table the Lord has prepared for us in the midst of our enemies, friends. And it's called revival. There is more 
But so often, so often, you and I, we will try and do things the way we want to do them, how we want to do them, and we will fail miserably at it. And then, instead of actually in that moment of failure, turning to God, repenting to God, and being like, I'm going to do it your way. No, no, no. Usually we're found doing it three more times our way, failing miserably our way, on our time, by our plans, and eventually God is able to humble us to a place enough where we can then decide, you know what, God, maybe creating the universe and creating me and telling me that's how I live my life, maybe you're actually proficient at that. Yep. Isn't that just like us? Isn't that just like us? We would rather go than we would stay. God, I gotta go. I gotta get my, I gotta start my ministry. I gotta start my marriage. I've gotta go. I gotta get my name out there. I gotta build my brand. I've gotta go. Or you can go. But are you gonna flow? For real, for real. <laughs> FR, FR, as the children say. <laughs> are you going to go or are you going to flow? Because dwelling begins flowing. Friends, you can only give what you have. How often are you going back to, going back to the well and dwelling? How often are you going back and getting refilled. How often? Man, I just want to see everybody in my workplace saved. Okay, what does that look like? What was that dead people coming alive? Okay, are you operating empty right now? And depleted right now? And defeated right now? Or are you going to God and building your expectation by Him for you? Or are you making it the church outside? Like, what are you doing? If I'm being honest. Because there's a huge difference between I'm waiting on God to move in my workplace and God going, I'm waiting for you to start growing so I can move in your workplace. Yeah. God, when are you just going to come back? I'm not ready to come back yet. That's why you're there. God, we're just waiting. We're flipping through Instagram. I'm flipping through a magazine. I am just waiting for you to come back. And God's going, I'm waiting for you to do something. Preferably dwelling. Friends, revival will only come off the backside of radical obedience. Are you going to be possessive? Or are you going to be passive? Can I put it to you in a way that I really thought was funny when I was working on my message? The level of which you obey is the level of which you'll slay. The level of which you obey is the level of which you'll slay. Friends, you can't just keep going, going, going because you will never start flowing, flowing, flowing because you've never been filled. Yes. All these boys, these disciples, they're getting ready to start the church. They want revival. They want to see it happen. They're ready to go. And they want to flow. Surely they want to flow. But you're hearing from Jesus, his last 14 words are, I am sending, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay. 
But stay, Jesus? You can't possibly mean stay. Stay. We are absolutely terrible at staying. But Jesus says, stay, and you will be clothed in dunamis. What if I encourage you today, church? What if I encourage you today? Stop waiting, start dwelling, and watch how God power from on high comes upon your life. Man, I want God ability in my workplace. What does that even look like? I don't know. But it sure as heck going to be amazing when it happens. That's got to be worth staying for. What does God's ability look like? On my college campus, I don't know. But it's going to be worth staying for. What does God's ability look like on the southeast side of Grand Rapids? I don't know. But it's sure as heck worth staying for. Jesus, to get ready to say, he's like, you got to start at Jerusalem. This thing has to go in. What? Take over the world. But you can't take over until you got your clothes on. You can't hold survival until you got your clothes on. Ain't nobody trying to come to do this with okay? So you not this guy. You don't want that. Adrian don't want that. The Lord don't want that. <laughs> so why is Jesus why is Jesus so bent on the disciples staying well because he's God this is what God says goes right mm-hmm. and God said we should do it yep. as I've already established we're not proficient at that but why is Jesus so, so, there's no asterisks here. There's no leeway here. There's no hang out until you don't feel like it. Hang out, get some food, then go. No, no, no. There's a sign. There's a symbol. There's a time. There's a moment. There's a season for you to enter into what God has made you to do, to be used in the way that God has designed you to be used, which is revival. Everything a Christian does is either bringing people from dead to life or from life to death. Amen? We are either bringing people back from the dead or we are killing what's on their life. That is the goal of Christians. Bottom line, that's what we're made to do. So Jesus, dynamics, Ability, unanimous power, God's actual, literal, physical, mystical, insane, supernatural power will come upon you and clothe you. But why is it so certain about staying? I think if we look back at the rest of the scripture, you'll see this moment. See what happens is this moment takes place, like I said, Jesus just came back. Jesus just came back. And do you know what scripture literally says before this moment that we just read? Literally says, these boys were done fishing and were climbing. They were reclining. They were half asleep. They were fishing. What happened in this moment in just three days' time is that these boys who have walked with Jesus, who have gone with Jesus, who have succeeded with Jesus, fallen on their face with Jesus, they have rose to the occasion with Jesus. These are the guys that Jesus chose to build a church with. 
And in just three days' time, Jesus says, He opened their eyes to the Scripture. You're telling me, after everything they've seen, everything they've done, all the Jewish learning that they have, all the schooling they went to, all the knowledge, the Torah that they would have, all of these things, you're telling me, after all this time of lived in moments with Jesus face to face, these boys had to have their eyes open? But ain't that just like you and me? These boys couldn't even make it three days before going back to their previous life of fishing for fish instead of fishing for men. How long does it take for us to go back to our former ways? It took these boys three days to go to their former ways. How long does it take? How long does it take before we forget that word that was spoken over us? That message that got sunk in the middle of our heart? That season that we had with those friends that had spoken prophesied over us that we were going to do great things to the Lord? How long do we forget? How quickly does it come? How fast do we go from a moment with Jesus of doing great things, of excitement, of accepting a word? And then needing our eyes to be reopened. Friends, every time we return to our former ways, we are in need of our eyes being reopened. Yeah. You can't have revival without being reopened. You see, in this moment, they had to have their eyes reopened. I wonder what that is. And I wonder how that correlates with what Jesus was saying about Dunamis coming and clothing them. You see, friends, you cannot be clothed in what you are not open to. You cannot be clothed in what you are not open to. You cannot be dressed up in. It cannot fall upon you. It cannot take over your life if you are in no way, shape, or form interested. If you are found reclining and going back to what God pulled you from, revival is when he pulls you from the rushing waters of your life. And he resuscitates you. And he breathes fresh life into you. And he gives you purpose. Friends, we cannot be clothed in God's ability if we are not open to God's ability. Man, this sounds crazy. This church is buck wild. And you actually are trying to see some things. Yeah, we are. We want to be open to what God can do so we can be clothed in what God can do. We didn't come for the play play today. Because what Jesus says next is insane. <laughs> As if it could be any worse. What Jesus says next is even more insane. This is why he's so committed to stay. Jesus says, I had to. I had to die. I had to rise. I had to go. So that repentance could be had. So that repentance could be given. And forgiveness could be received. Proclaim that in all nations starting in Jerusalem. What does it have to do with staying and going? That means that there is some repentance that needs to be had in order for revival to flow. There is some repentance that needs to be had in order for revival to flow. You see, forgiveness is revival superhighway. Repentance is a roadblock from hell. Okay? Sin, unrepented for, is a roadblock 
from hell for revival. What Jesus is saying here is in order to put on God's ability, we're going to need to take off your ability. In order to put on God's power, you're going to need to lay down your power. In order to receive God's ability, you're going to need to receive some forgiveness. In order to receive God's power, you are going to need to receive some forgiveness. You see, God's ability comes with God's future. Your ability comes with your future. God's future is ripe with revival. Your future of your own ability is ripe with needing Jesus. Friends, he's trying to open our eyes to something today. Is this working for anybody? Is this good? God's power, God's ability, revival, it is at our, not fingertips, it's on the inside of us, ready and willing, but waiting on some radical obedience. It's the only way revival can flow. As I was working on this message, this message series, and everything, God was birthing on the inside of me for this. I got a little self-conscious. I was like, God, how? Like, Breaker was all about, you know, a, a, God's a, a breaker anointing can only come through a breaker's breaking. Like, we, we had some very specific things that we were hitting that were like, your life will have to change if you are going to see this come about. And here are some people whose lives had to change in order to see some things come about. And it was an amazing time. And I'm going, God... What is it? What's the practical, life-changing things that I can leave my people with? And he very clearly spoke to me, Matt, I am mostly supernatural and very little practical. What do you mean, Jesus? He's like, man, I've birthed some amazing listeners and some very wise people. And I label them therapists, and they're great if we want some self-help in the earth. But if we want revival, it'll only come on the other side of radical obedience. Yes. Worship team, you can make your way up here because what, what Jesus said next really stuck with me. Jesus, he says this phrase, CJ, I love you to death. What? It's not a holiday. Oh, everybody loves you. You always love CJ. Yeah! Yeah! What Jesus says next is absolutely amazing. And DJ, if we can keep that blow behind me, make it sound real spiritual and great. Need some help? 
see, Jesus he uses this word witness. He says, We are all witnesses to this. You, the church, you are witnesses to what God has done in and through me. You are witnesses to what God will do in and through me. But you see, witness then wasn't used how we use witness now. You see, witness now is like you witness a crime, and now you're like the guy who has to kind of retell the story and give your account of what happened and be like, I think I saw this person in a red sweatshirt doing this this other person in some blackjack pants, and like it didn't look good. Okay, that's, that's today's witness. But witness of Jesus uses this phrase. It's, it's so much more than just giving an account for what Jesus has done. This is just as much powerful, powerful, as his entire ministry up until this point. He says, you are all witnesses. Witness back then, it meant to represent Represent literally means to represent. Jesus says, your task going forward, should you choose to accept it, is to represent God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit to the inhabitants of the earth. Don't just witness my miracles. Represent my miracles. Don't just witness life change. Represent life change. But it ratchets it up a notch. Because it doesn't just mean represent. It means to re-present. Friends, if you and I from God in heaven above have been tasked and have been called and have been made and have been drawn onto him with the task and with the call on our lives to re-present him to the world, how many of you know it is impossible to represent God to the world without possessing God's power from the church? It is impossible to represent God's ability to the world. What is your God able to do? Let me show you. It is impossible to represent God's ability in the earth without the church being clothed in God's ability. We are all witnesses. This isn't just for me as the lead pastor of this church. It's not just for HMN as the lead pastor of this church. It's not just for Eric. It's not just for Aish. It's not for somebody who believes longer than you. It's not for somebody who may know more scripture than you or whose life is more put together than you. We Misfits were in that circle. One was Mary Magdalene, who used to be a prostitute, okay? We are all witnesses. We all represent God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. 
stopped them. He said, stay to clothe them. He didn't say stay to stop them. He said, stay to clothe them because, friends, if you're going to go after revival, then you better put your revival clothes on. If you're going to go after healing marriages, well, then you better look the part. If you're going to go after seeing Jesus take over your cul-de-sac, then you better lace up. Jesus is declaring, stay, dwell, possess you and I. We have everything available at our fingertips to possess the ability and power of God. But if we're gonna, ever going to flow, we have got to make sure that we're dwelling.
mission field is down to the ground for the cause of Christ. Would, seek in their work, would cease in their workplace because they're there with the spark. That long suffering would sprout out all over their lives because of the spark. Some things you send, God. What you deposit is to keep the fire going, but what you send to them, God, is to keep the fire flowing. And I ask for a greater awareness today, Father God. A conviction. A stronghold over every single one of our 